welcome to Fresher in Parlance, episode number 23. Uh, we have an anomaly tonight. Uh, Fresher is uh, at the Mariners game in hopes of securing a Macklemore bobblehead. So instead, we have Mr. Brian Edsel from Prodigal Podcast, Prodigal Sons Podcast, and the Dad Distractions Podcast. Brian, why don't you introduce yourself? How you doing, P. Diddy? Ha! Ah, it's been a long time since we've uh, spoken together. Hi, everyone. I'm Brian Etzel. I am uh, co-host of the Prodigal Sons podcast over at prodigalsonspodcast.com. Also, Dad Distractions, uh, the blog and podcast over at daddistractions.com. And most recently, Parlance, uh, web dev over at uh, our friend Leonard's new website, longboxheroes.com. Uh, podcast talks all about comic books, and uh, they've been doing that show for probably about four years, and they just started out on their own, on their own network. Well, hopefully what will make a network. But uh, how you been, sir? Good. I mean, this is, it's a show, but it's almost like a reunion of sorts, right? I mean... Absolutely. We, we have, uh, we went to the same high school in uh, what I would call rural, I mean, it's not rural Pennsylvania, but it back, you know, Scranton, a suburb of Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. Uh, back in the 90s, and uh, I've been following your podcast for quite some time. I had a hole to fill, and I immediately thought of you, uh, so I'm glad I'm glad to have you here. Uh, I love when people think of me when they have holes to fill. Right. Well, spe- specifically your wife, I'm assuming, but not... Uh, yeah, not. typically. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, welcome to the show. Uh, I don't, Thank uh, you. I don't, I don't know if you listen very often, probably not, because it happens way late, and and it's not in a podcast form. It's a p- purely YouTube TV show. I catch them on the YouTubes every you now and again. Them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how I'm going to ask you how your week is, but really what I'm going to ask is, since the last time I saw you, Brian, <laughs> how, how is your life? How is your life? Oh, boy. So since 97, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when was the last time? No, my, 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 wedding, we went, my we wedding and... We lived in in New York City at the same time, and then you moved to Cleveland. Right. But when's the last time I saw you? In probably, probably the, the last time we saw was probably, two, I'm going to guess, in the early 2000s. Yeah. So 14 so, years ago. Yeah. So lots have happened since then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's good, exciting? Because I listen to the Product of Sons podcast every week, and yeah. every week, um, your co-host or your host, Jared, asked you, Brian, how was your week? And you're like, duh. Here. I'm going to be like, Brian, how has been your last 14 years? Yeah. Well, let's see. I got married. I moved to Cleveland to follow my job. I had two kids. Uh, started some podcasts. I mean, that's it in a nutshell, honestly. Well, so here's the thing. I, I still occasionally find your pen from your wedding. Wow. It's, yeah, it's in my office. I've been meaning to – the next time I find it, I plan on taking a picture and, and sending it to you. Oh, uh, if it ever runs out, let me know because we have a bag filled with them. I'll just take another one, frankly. <laughs> okay. You still have a let bag filled with them? Send me your address. <laughs> have you send you one. Have you ever seen the – you ever watched The League? You know what? I don't watch the league. Everyone tells me how good it is, and the reason I didn't start on it because I knew it was about sports. I knew it was about uh, fantasy football. Eh, and that's com- like, meh. 
it's kind of here's the thing. Fantasy football is the like the overarching theme, but really it's more along the lines of is like it's always in sunny, sunny in Philadelphia is about Philadelphia. It's like the same kind of thing. Sure. It's not really about Philadelphia. Anyway, there's a scene where um uh one of the guys, uh oh god, the, I forget his name, Taco, creates a using wedding napkins from um from someone essentially that said like you know the marriage of so and so, and he uses it as a product that he sells called like. The pe like the penis dabbler, to to catch dripping when you urinate. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking that like maybe you could find some sort of like probing use or some sort of use for all those bags of pens that you still have from your from your wedding from a long time ago. As a matter of fact, I think about your pen probably more than any other wedding favor outside of what? my own. <laughs> That's so weird, man. <laughs> it's really weird. It's it's strange. It's because like every once in a while I. I don't know where it is right now. I don't know where it is right now. But every once in a while, I'm like, oh, fuck, I need a pen. And I, like, stick my hand somewhere, and out pops, the, like, Dah! yeah, it just shows up. It's like the wedding of Ken Bonafonte and Brian Edsel celebrating. Yeah. Uh, how is the wife? Is she wonderful? Absolutely wonderful. Boy, we've been married 13, 13 years this past April. And... Uh... She's uh, she's doing good. She works at the local library. She has a master's in library science and uh, does some Disney travel jobs on the side. If anybody needs to travel to Disney, let me know. That's a great deal. Yeah. Uh, so you know, hey everyone, we have we have three live viewers right now. Brian, I don't know if you you're not familiar with this world. Um, you know what? I, it's funny. I'm not. It's I love everything Google. I love Android. I love everything Google. But I've never actually done a Google Hangout ever. So yes. Well, this is not this is not just this is a YouTube broadcast, my friend. Well, that obviously yes. Yes, but anyway. Uh, oh, pardon me. Uh, yeah. Um. So, so anyway, we have uh we have we have three live viewers right now. So if you uh we are following on Twitter. If you want to reach us, we're at Fresh and Par at Twitter. Um, and if you have some live tweets you want to throw out, I know um Mr. Fresher promised to give me some updates. On, on what's going on in the baseball game, like we like like we care. I'm all about soccer right now, anyway. Um, but yeah, I hope he got his Macklemore bobblehead. And my joke was, Mr. Edsel, yes. Macklemore has more hits than any Mariner this year. So oh, oh. So uh, let's let's just let's just, let's just get right into it. Um, you know, I usually fill my audience in. Um, with what's going on my my week, so my my wife has been traveling yet again for th this week, so I've been kind of to my own devices yet again. Um, and Brian, I don't know if you know this, but I am a avid fisherman. You know what? One thing I constantly see pictures of you and your lovely wife traveling all over the world on the Facebook. Uh, and I did recently hear you telling um, Fresher about fishing in your last episode, I believe. Right, so here in, in Washington State, uh, specifically a river about 30 minutes from my house, um, they opened on June 1st, was their, um, was the season opener for steelhead, which is the state fish of Washington State. Um, very difficult to catch. You kind of have to know what you're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing. I try my best. Um, <laughs> so, I, uh, so from last Monday, I went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday did the show, Friday... Have a I wasn't at work, so I fished for four hours. Then Monday again, and then Tuesday didn't go yesterday. So I've gone, you know, essentially six out of the last, you know, ten days fishing. And the only 
thing I caught was a small baby trout that was literally the size of the lure that I caught that I cast out, and um, I, I think I love it. And you know, Mr. Jared Lanham on your Prodigal Sons podcast, he's like, I really appreciate people who have passion, passion about stuff. It really gets me jazzed up. Well, I have passion about fishing, and let me tell you something: passion is not all it's cracked up to be. Because I was I was going to ask you like, how do you? What, what do you I, – I cannot – my father used to take me fishing, and it was like, wake me up at 3.30 in the morning, go to the bait shop the night before, go out and dig in night crawlers out of the dirt in the backyard, go in at 4 o'clock in the morning to the lake and sitting in a boat and just sitting there for hours on end. What is, what is it for you that does it? What does it for you about fishing? So for me – so I caught a couple salmon last year, which was like I had a bucket list, right? And one of them was – Catch a salmon, okay. And then the second one was just biting into it raw, live. <laughs> like the like <laughs> that survival. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. So my goal was to catch a salmon, and so I don't want to get too in depth in the hobby, but pink salmon, they run every two years. So odd years they come in, okay. And pinks are sure. the easiest, they they're the easiest to catch, and I caught two of them last year. And then I also caught a coho last year, which is also a little bit harder to catch, and I was so pumped. So here's how I describe fishing: being it's kind of like golf. You go into the you go into like you you're out in the course and you're doing stuff, right? That's golf. You're out there and you're sure. doing stuff and you're kind of in the woods and you're hitting the ball around. Here's the thing: people who have no patience can't golf because if they're playing badly, they're going to get frustrated and it's just going to snowball. It's the same thing as fishing. So for me, and probably for your dad, it's it's you're out there and you're doing the thing that you enjoy to do with the hopes of catching something. And when you catch that one thing, it's like four hours of like boredom or four hours of just like maybe a slight frustration, and then fifteen to twenty minutes of pure exhilaration. It's just like when you're reeling in that fish, Ooh. it's just like it just gets it gets your blood gets pumping and you're just like really excited and frankly you know when they say oh the one that got away that you know that classic story oh the one that got away right yes right the one that got Absolutely. away the reason why people say the one that got away is because when the fish breaks off and and leaves you like you spend hours on the, like I've spent now roughly 12 hours trying to catch a seal in the last week and a half mm-hmm. I haven't even had a bite not one bite well one bite but if I've had one on the reel and I got it close to shore and I saw the fish and it broke off, it is heartbreaking. Well, is, yeah, when you see it, like when it's right there, it's going to be like heartbreaking. Right. So that's why people always say, the one that got away. And they're like, it was this big. You know, I'm going to go it was huge. Because, the, because that's the thing is that you just like, it's boredom and then excitement for short bursts. And the and if it gets away, it's like it's the story. So for me, it's going into the woods, it's exploring. So I'm like going out, I'm just like fucking walking through woods, getting to the shore, like where the fuck am I? Um, you know, as the more you do it, the, the more you realize like you're not really that far. But there has been moments, for instance, on Monday when I went out, I ran to a guy who talked, um, Mr. Leonard Chikarson of your weekly, uh, hero, what is it, Weekly Heroes? Hero no, box? it's here. It's uh, long box heroes. 
Lombok Sears, he'd probably appreciate this guy sounded just like either, it was like a combination of, of Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage. Brother. Yeah, so I'm, that's literally how he let in. So I'm, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm fishing, and I'm like throwing the bobber, like just throwing the bobber in the river, and, you know, the rivers are really high. It's, you know, it's Seattle. It's just a lot of water coming down from the mountains. And um, a guy, I hear noise. I've been freaked out before, just like freaked out. And this guy comes up to me, he's like, Hey brother, what's up? What's up? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how, how are you? And I'm like really in no mood to to talk because I'm in one with nature. I I'm a much more zen fisherman. I like kind of like get in the zone and think about what I could do and strategize and how it, like probably like how you play hero clicks is how I fish. And like so without the dice. And I'm like just throwing my dice are like lures and strategy, right? And I'm like throwing out there and he's like he wants to talk to me and he's drinking a giant. 22 of, of Coors Light, okay, in, in this on the riverbank in this park. He's like, good hole, right? Good hole, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a good hole. It's, it is a good hole. Like, it's essentially the fishing because, you know, the fish hold in, in like, holes. When I mean holes, it's just, like, it's, you know, moving water that's shallow and then a deeper hole and then the fish hold at the bottom, right? That's how it yes. works. That's just it. I'm Got like, it. yeah, yeah it's a really – that is, it is. It's a very good hole. I fished here – I've fished here many times, and I always say this whenever someone asks me when they say they, because every fucking dude who comes up to me is like, "Good hole, fucking good hole," and I'm like, "Great hole." I've spent probably 30 hours here. Not only have I never caught a fish, I've never seen a fish caught here. Have you caught a fish here? <laughs> <laughs> is a hole the same thing as a holler? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't okay. know. But he was definitely up. yeah. So he he's like. Of course I caught fish here. I wouldn't be here if I didn't catch fish. And I'm like Meanwhile, all he's got is the tall boy. Meanwhile, he's wearing khaki pants that are fucking filthy with stains. Filthy. He's wearing a polo shirt that's completely unbuttoned and he's and it's hanging out of his pants. This guy has seen better days. I've met many unemployed fishermen, like redneck crystal meth using fishermen. Okay? That's what you get in these rural towns because that's where I'm going. And, and by fish, I mean dead hookers. <laughs> so, well, I, trust me, you don't even want to. I'm not going to even go. I have. I could talk about this for the entire hour. So anyway, he goes uh-huh. and he goes like this. He goes. So what? What are you, what are you fishing, Bobber? Bobber, little or what are you spinner? I'm like, yeah, I'm fishing a spinner. He's like, good technique, good technique. I'm like, oh mm-hmm. well, thanks, thanks for affirming what I'm doing. I'm glad you you agree with what I'm doing. So Thank anyway, you, Hobo Jim. <laughs> well, his name was Dylan. His name was Dylan. And because Dylan. No, because he came up because he's like, he goes, What's your name, son? I go, My name is Peter. Or Parlance, I should say, but whatever. Peter. And he's like, My name is Dylan. Nice to meet you, son. And then he proceeds to which is, by the way, seems like a nice guy. He seems to pick up the trash around the area, because people, he's like, fucking Mexicans, fucking Asians, they fucking come here, they treat it like their own country, they just leave their shit around, I just come here, I just, you know, I'm here every day, I'm here every day, I clean up up after these motherfuckers, I clean them up every fucking day, I hate these fuckers, they come here, they they treat it like it's their own country, fucking USA, man, I'm like, alright, fine, that's great, that's good, alright, that's great, like, just trying to, like, I, um, when I'm confronted with racism, I just essentially just be like, let it go. Because Shut down? No, 
Yeah, I just I just let it go because I'm not going to... Clearly this man's drunk, but he feels a need to clean up and blame Mexicans and Asian people. Now, I'm married to an Asian, so I'm like, okay. So uh, You're married to an Asian. An Asian, right. Uh, okay. And I just don't like to, like, start on this because I'm like, yeah, because all Asians are fucking filthy. Yeah, that's right. Oh, all Mexicans because, oh, because they're lazy and they don't like to take it out. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, I see. Um... Anyway, I didn't say anything. So he actually cleans up, which, by the way, was very nice. He's, I'm glad he cleaned up. He cleans up the thing. <laughs> he, and he, he's like, then he's like, he's like, you never know what you're going to fucking find here. He's like, I've picked up shitty-ass fucking diapers. I've picked up fucking used condoms. I've picked up fucking cum-ass tissues. You don't know what the fuck you're going to find here. And I'm like, then don't fucking pick it up. No one's paying you to do it, so why do you need to pick it up? Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's picking up the shit. He finds a bag. So then I'm like, okay, that's good. All right, he's cleaning up. Good for him. Seems like, you know, a good thing to do. But then he sits next to me. As I'm standing on the rock, he sits down next to me. And he goes, brother, he's like, you don't know what kind of fucking pain I'm in. You don't know what kind of pain I'm in. I got fucking knee problems. I got fucking shoulder problems. And they want me to fucking get this fucking surgery, and I'm thinking, what the fuck? This is summer, man. I gotta fucking deal with this shit. I wanna go out and I wanna fish. I wanna fucking walk. I wanna go fucking walk down the street. I wanna fucking go to Walmart. What the fuck am I gonna do? I'm gonna be in the fucking wheelchair all fucking summer? What the fuck am I supposed to do? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably, you know, but you know, if you do it both at once, that's good, right? You could just, you know, do it once and complete the rehab and then and then, uh, you know, you'll shorten your, your time. because. And then I went into the whole story about how my uncle had two knee surgeries all at once to shorten his fucking rehab time. He's like, what do you fucking do? I'm like, he did it all at once. And he's like, here's what I, my plan is. I ain't getting fucking no surgery. Here's what I'm going to fucking do. I'm going to fucking drink fucking Coors Light every fucking day. And I'm going to fucking smoke dope every fucking day. And that shit's going to get me through right to the shit-ass Seattle winter. And when it's raining every fucking day, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get the surgery, and I'll be ready for next fucking summer. What do you think fucking about that? And I'm like, that's great, dude. That seems like a good plan. He's like, damn fucking straight. So whatever. Sounds like a solid plan. Right. So I'm like, good plan, dude. And I, by the way, I was like, hey, weed's legal now. You don't even need to worry about getting arrested. You can just smoke. Because, by the way, weed is legal in Washington State. I don't know if you know that. I was like, you can just fucking smoke all you want. No problem. So whatever, he's just meandering, talking, like walking around me. Then he pull like a like a fucking I don't even understand this. He walks up to me with a quarter. He holds a quarter in his hand. And he says, and he's looking in my tackle box, like looking straight down, like standing above it, looking right down into it. He's like, could I buy a fucking hook from you, man? Hook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the homeless people trying to buy a, a cigarette off you for a dollar in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm like. Well, I have a lot of hooks. What, what, what kind of hook do you want? He's like, it don't, it don't fuck it. He's like, and he's, he looks in my, he gets like, kind of gets down on his, like, kind of like, look, not in his knees, but he like bends over as much as he can because he's fucking hobbled. He has a broken knee or I don't know what's wrong with him. He's got his shoulder and knees like all messed up. And he looks down and he's like, see that red one right there? I'll take that red one. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I have like a small pack of like maybe 20 hooks. I was like, all right, you can, he's like, I go, you can have the hook. I, I, you know, here, have the hook. He's like, thank you very much. I I really appreciate that. I'm like, I don't need the quarter. You could just keep the quarter. I I don't need it. Just have the hook. And then he walks away. So I have like peace and quiet for the last 35 minutes. 
And uh, he's like, I'll see you later, buddy. I'll, maybe I'll see you around because I'm here all the time. I'm like, oh, Great. boy. Yeah, Thanks. right. Right. <laughs> so I walk down the thing, and I'm walking home. It's like 9.50 because I don't know about in Cleveland, but it stays late, light here to like 9.30 right now. And I'm walking back like 9.30-ish or 9.15-ish, and I'm walking down, and I see the dude on the other section picking up more trash, talking to another lady, and he's, like, essentially having the same fucking conversation with this lady. And I'm like, this is what this guy does. He fucking comes there, drunk off his ass, and just talks about shit, and I don't know, buys hooks? I don't know, whatever he's doing. He's in there for the long con. You know, back at his hovel... On the wall, all he has is just hooks all <laughs> over the wall. Fish hooks? Fish hooks. <laughs> yeah. So, or fish eye. Fish eye. Anyway, um, so anyway, that was my fishing experience, and I went way too long on that story, and it probably wasn't that entertaining at all. But I, I just wanted to, uh, uh, to talk about that because it was really awkward, and that is, by the way, is very typical of when you go, because you go kind of out a little, like you go 45 minutes out of Seattle, and it gets a little hairy. You know, it's just a lot of meth users. They bust into your car and shit. Um, so anyway, that that was that. And uh, so let's just get right into the week. So E3 was this week. Um, I know you're yes. an avid you're an avid gamer, but I think you're more of a PC gamer nowadays, are you not? I am not more of a PC gamer. Uh, I actually just rebuilt my computer. Uh, last time I built my computer was about seven years ago, only with a few RAM updates and a chip update. But um, I have not played a uh, PC game in a long, long time. I'm typically an Xbox gamer. Oh, so you're an Xbox gamer? Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you have the Do you have the Xbox One? I do not have the Xbox One yet. I felt that there was not enough entry level titles when it came out, and I could save myself probably about a hundred bucks by the time I actually end up buying it a year or a year and a half from now when they have more games. Fair enough. I'm a I'm an early adopter. I have the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. I never, I never redeemed the uh, day one achievement. <gasps> what? Come on, you're killing me! I, did, I never redeemed it. I have it there because my goal was that I'll sell it for a hundred bucks a year from now, <laughs> and that my. that will be that will be my savings. So you, I just bought it. I kept the QR code because it's just a fucking QR code. Okay. So I'm gonna. I I don't know. Like I'm contemplating. I I haven't talked. To, I was gonna even like because I know you. I listen to your podcast and I know you're upset about not having that achievement. I almost like was looking to just send it to you because I was. I just don't fucking care. Oh, thanks, brother. Um. So yeah, but the uh, I'm I right now I exclusively game on the Xbox One, and you're right. There's there's not a ton of titles for it, but I will say, this E3 really it really stepped up. The the what I foresee as a, a solid gaming future for the Xbox One. And uh, I, funny you should say that because I looked through these titles. Um, I've been super busy this past week, and all I wanted to do was check out E3, and I didn't get a chance to until you sent me the link. Um, the four, three or four games I picked out where I was like, that's something I definitely would love to look at. They're for PS4. Were they indie titles? Uh, no. Uh, were they? No. Uh, do 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 do. Uh, the remastered Last of Us. Yes. Yeah, so I have because... I have the old one, so I don't need to play the remastered new one. Right, and I don't have a PS3. All I have is the Xbox. And the only reason I would have thought about buying a PS3 was the basically the game at the end or the middle to end of its life cycle, Last of Us. Um, the announcement that they're going to bring Grim Fandango. Yes. Good. To good. The PS4. Awesome. Uh, 
Yep, and then uh, there's another game called The Order, which I believe is a PS4 exclusive. Possibly. I don't know if it's an exclusive or not. So I'm pumped about a couple things. Um, Project Spark for the Xbox no, One? Yes, absolutely. I think, And I think your son might like that, what I know about your yeah. child. Yes, uh, I think that uh, that's definitely something that I've heard about since the Xbox One came out, and I was very interested in it. Um, and then most of the other stuff, like the Halo collection that they're bringing out, is pretty much a game changer for the Halo enthusiast. It's essentially every... It's one multiplayer game with every map from every fucking Halo game from 1 through 4, including the PC ones that were never available for the console. I've really given up on the competitive online first-person shooter genre. Well, here's the thing. I haven't given up, but I'm certainly not competitive. Well, yeah. Yeah, I if I had a bunch of friends, like actual people that were like dicking around, I would be more than happy with it, but every time I get on it, I'm just getting my uh, I'm getting plowed every well, single time I play. Well, it's 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 funny you mentioned that, Mr. Edsel, is that uh, on we have a I have a group that's primarily uh, consists of people like you and myself. Some are fathers, some are not fathers. It's a Tuesday night gaming group, Ooh. and and we play every Tuesday night. Um, right now we're kind of bifurcated because you know some people have the 360 and some people have the one. That's a good $2 word. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And uh, But we still play. So what's great about that is that you don't need to be worried about getting pwned because everyone's getting pwned. It doesn't matter. Um, and also, if you want to join us, listeners, if you're out there and you want to join us, uh, my gamertag is Parlance, just like the show here. Um, and you, on Tuesday nights, you'll typically find me playing... Uh, a plethora of games on Monday night. Right now, I'm actually not playing multiplayer. I'm playing Trials Evolution. Oh, I love Trials. So Dude, good. Trials, the the latest Trials for the Xbox One is the best Trials game ever made. Yeah, I heard it. It gets, but I heard it got like the the uh, difficulty ramp. It ramps really quick. Well, have you ever played another Trials game? Yeah, HD. Right, so then you'll be good because okay. if you're because that game gets ridiculously difficult at the end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not I'm like maybe sixty percent through the campaign. As a matter of fact, I think I'm one. That's what I am sixty percent through. But that's because I get bronze medals. I'm not one of those completion. I used to be when I was younger a completionist, where it's like I gotta get gold medals on everything. Now for me, it's just like complete the race and get the bronze. You know, for the really hard ones because I'm not. Gonna oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the they added in uh, tricks and stuff. Do you know what I mean by tricks? Like, like you, you essentially the now you could use the right stick to kind of like do um, like different maneuvers on the bike for play. Like put your leg out or stand handstands and stuff. Yeah, but much more ridiculous, right? Because right, right. yeah, um, and it, it's a it's a phenomenal game, and also Titanfall, which is Xbox One. Um, yes. Is I I mean I don't know it's on the 360 but I know it's not the same experience. Hmm. Um, is very very good. I also picked up Tomb Raider the definitive edition um, on the Xbox One. That game is also excellent, which you could play that on the 360, so it's not a big deal. Right, uh, and I was finding it all over the place for like ten bucks. I just didn't pick it up. Yeah, so I it was actually on sale on digital. So I bought digital, um, which I never do. I never buy digital because you can always find physical discs for like ten bucks later in the life cycle. Like right. life cycle, 
Um, but I, I got it for like 20, 25 bucks, like three weeks after it came out on the Xbox store. And uh, what a game. Great game. Um, it looked gorgeous when I would, uh, when I saw all the, you know, the advertisements and stuff for it. It's, 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 well, here's the thing. You were saying for PS4, Last of Us would be the only game that, or would be the only game that you would want to play. You're missing yeah. out if you've never played Uncharted 1, 2, or 3. Because those yeah, games... Yeah, I know a lot of people talk about Uncharted, but I just, I don't know. The la- oh, I mean, The Last of Us is right up my alley because it's like apocalypse, zombie, you know, all that jazz. But and everything I heard about it was the story was fantastic. But that's the thing. So is the stories on Uncharted. So when you, it's the same developer who did Last of Us. And it's essentially taking, combining the elements of Uncharted and the elements of Resident Evil. So essentially uh, supply management, you know, that aspect of Resident Evil, you know, where you only have a limited amount of ammo. Right, right, right. It's essentially taking that char- that gameplay mechanic and applying it to a really good story, i.e. Uncharted. Um and Uncharted 4, which was announced at E3 for PS4, for me, is probably the reason why I will buy a PS4. Because it, it looks that good. For me, Uncharted is the single-handedly the best gaming uh, uh, series right now, currently available in, on, in the market. Like, I'm no joke. It is like playing a movie. It is playing a movie. It's that good. I believe it. Um, and then, uh, you know, there was a You are the only person I know that owns a Wii U, by the way. Uh, yes, I have the dubious distinction of owning a Wii U. Don't be... Don't talk down upon it, because <laughs> the, the Wii U has a killer show. It had a killer show. It has the open-world Zelda. looks amazing. Yeah, you know what? I saw that trailer on here, and I just... I didn't have time to open it. And the current Zelda game on the Wii U, I think, is Wind Walker... And I just kept seeing trailers for it, and I wasn't impressed. I have not played a Zelda game all the way through since The Legend of Zelda. Like the NES Legend of Zelda? The original, yes, the NES. The NES Legend of Zelda. Oh, my God. I mean, you're missing two quintessential Zelda games. Ocarina of Time, the Wind Wake, uh, what was it? Yeah, Wind, what was the GameCube one? Wind, Wind Walker? Wind, Wind Walker, I think, Wind yeah. I, I, played, I played Ocarina of Time, but I never finished it. Oh, such a brilliant game. I mean, it's, you know, arguably one of the greatest video games ever made. Uh, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, that's like the world. That's not me saying that. That's the I world. know, I know, I know. And that and Majora's Mask, right? Because Majora's Mask was actually supposed to be, is a sequel to, it was actually going to be part of the game, and they they released it separately. Um, but it's the same kind of game engine in the same world. Um, those are two quintessential Zelda games. I kind of tuned out after that. I know there's been some kind of 2D platformery over-the-top games that came out on the Game Boy uh, that were very popular as well, but, you know, I I don't have time to do that shit anymore, but um, I don't own a Game Boy anymore, so... Ain't nobody got time for that. But you have Mario... You have the, do you have Mario Kart 8? Uh, not yet. I believe I might be getting it this weekend. So I saw some sort of crazy deal on Target because I know you're a Target consumer. I I mean yes I just exclusively shop at Target. <laughs> I mean I do shop there yes. No I dude you spent forty five minutes on one episode of your podcast about how you saved this amount of money that amount of money because you have a Target the credit card and then they price checked it and they did all this shit. 
I'm just telling you, I think I saw some sort of deal on Mario Kart 8 and then pre-ordering some stuff because I I'll, I contemplated picking up a Wii U refurbished for 200 bucks. Uh, you know what? It might be worth it, especially with some of the games that I know they're definitely you know they're coming out with. Um, the my Mario Kart 8 is um, just seeing the footage from it, it just looks bonkers, and I that was the thing that tilted me over the edge of buying a Wii U. We already had the Wii, so we already had all the controllers. Uh, it's just swapping out the, you know the actual system. So it was worth it for me to do that. I didn't have to buy any more controllers. I didn't have to buy any more anything else. Just to that, it plays all the old Wii games. Um, so it might be it might be worth it because that Mario Kart 8 looks crazy. Yeah, it it looks really. So does uh, the new Smash Brothers or whatever they call it nowadays. Uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah, Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I want to say. So we've talked about the Wii U. We've talked about the the Xbox One, and I do think the PlayStation 4 is by far the better system this this time around, but I'm invested in the Xbox system. I'm also a proponent of supporting local products, and Microsoft is a local product, but um, keep people employed around here. Keep house prices up. Um, kind of like how you go to, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame every year. Um, the, uh, the, anyway, the PlayStation 4, drop, they announced two things specifically, which I think are pretty much game changers. One is the PlayStation TV. Have you have you seen anything about this? I have not. So essentially, it's like a Roku type device. It's a streaming TV device um, that will be bundled with a control. You could buy a bundle with a controller. And you know they bought that streaming gaming service called Gaikai. Do you know what I'm talking about? I did not know that either. So essentially, they're opening up all the PS3, PS2, and PS1 back catalog. Um, that will connect, uh, and you can buy a memory card and potentially keep games on the device itself, but essentially it's opening up that entire... So essentially backward compatibility is moot at this point because now you play from the cloud and play the game from the cloud and store the game in the cloud, and you essentially have access to like a million... Not a million, 10,000 games or whatever, or 100,000 games from the PS4 back catalog, and it's playable through this little mini device. And on top of that... Uh, if you have a PS4, you can connect the PS4 to the little PS TV device and push the content to that device and play essentially your games from the PS4 onto the, the TV that the, the PS the PS TV is hooked up to. On top of that, they also have the remote play for the the Vita, the PS Vita, um, and it's going to be. They haven't announced the, the the subscription price or how this is going to work. If it's going to be you're buying a title or you're not buying a title. Or if you're paying like Amazon Prime, where you pay $99 a year and you get access to pretty much every game in the catalog, they haven't announced any of that stuff yet. But to me, that's it. That's the end. Game over. Uh, if when backward compatibility is a playable on a little black box that hooks up to TV that also plays Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, everything else, plus old PS4, uh, PS3, PS2, and PS1 games, plus a remote play of your PS4 anywhere in the house, that is, like, that is the future, my friend. That kills it. Anyway, that's the way I feel about it. And I think PS4 is just is owning it right now, and Xbox One is playing catch-up because they don't have that product. They don't have... I mean, they have Windows tablets, and I think ultimately Windows tablets and PCs will get the same exact service, but that's not announced. We haven't heard anything about it, but I because there's going to be a unification of that platform. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Windows 8 platform? Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So, Windows 8 platform, 
the Windows 8 for PCs, the Windows 8 platform for mobile, the Windows 8 platform for tablet and Xbox One okay. are going to be 100% synergistic in the sense that they're all designed for one, plays on the other. So, okay. an, so an app on the phone, Windows Phone, will play on the t- tablet, will play on the PC, will play on your Xbox One. That's where they're going with this thing. That's like, you know, the future of, of Xbox One. And that's why when people are talking about, you know, power, you know, the power of a system, um, these these kind of indie games or these, like, forward-thinking games, no, you don't need power for that. As a matter of fact, you don't even need a processor at all because you could just stream it from online and play it to your computer. So my point is, is that now that's Xbox Play in bre- breaching the, the multi-platform kind of... Uh, you know, the challenge that PC gamers have, because a PC gamer is never going to play with an Xbox One player, right? I would assume not. Right, well, that's going to change. That's all changing in, in, in a couple years. But they're going to, I mean, in that same space, now Steam is is getting into the space. Right. With, with, with their big picture business. But that, again, but that's an Ubuntu, or what is it, Ubuntu? Is that it? It's an Ubuntu uh, open source yeah, I can't. Yeah. It's not an. Is it Ubuntu? I can't remember. It's, it's been so long since I've even heard of it. That's a shame. Yeah, it's the 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 Steam box essentially, right? Yeah, that's their that's their play on PC gaming on the TV, right? That so you have you can either get a subscription or you buy your PC games just like you buy them now. Steam, you know, you buy them on Steam and then you play them. On, but then it's bridging that gap. It's taking the the, the PC games and applying it to the TV. I think Steambox is a great thing, and I think the fact that it's modular in the sense that you could upgrade it, you could have different power, you know, different kind of like uh, graphics chips and essentially plug, you know, have different modular is the word I'm looking for, right? It's just you could plug, you could yes. plug different processors and shit in there and have a better performance or have a lower performance is really what you want to scalable. It's scalable. It, it's scalable, right? I think that is really interesting but in terms of getting people to buy that thing i just don't think it's going to work i mean you saw that, what was the what was the android it was kind of like an android uh, gaming system that that's came out. the one i was thinking you were talking about the o the oyu 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 right yeah that thing failed miserably that was literally where you were you know where you would find that if you went to target because you're a target shopper no, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, you would find that next to literally the Tiger LCD toys. As seen on TV. Right, as seen on TV, because it was, it, and it failed. It was a complete failure, but great idea, just completely failed. And I think Steambox is so niche. It's so niche because it's really just catering to PC users that I feel like you're only going to target like 10% of that hardcore console user that just really wish they got to play PC games, like all the games that you... Like, for instance, what's the game you said you were talking about, the zombie... Um, State of Decay. State of Decay. For instance, like, I would love to play State of Decay. A lot of people want to like want to play State of Decay, but I feel like the percentage of people who want to play State of Decay on console are very small, 10%, 20%. That's the market that they're targeting. You mean... You, you mean on console or on PC? I'm talking about PC. I'm talking to Steambox. Like, essentially well, because that... I have it. I'm saying I have it on the Xbox. I have it on the console. It sold very well on the console. State of Decay did? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, I'm, then fuck that. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. State of Decay is an Xbox. It was on Xbox Live. They've had three updates to it so far. What's the PC game that's a zombie Counter-Strike type game? Zombie Counter-Strike? Oh, oh, uh, Day One. Day One. Thank you. Sorry. Yes. Confusing titles. No, that's For, okay. Um, Day One would be an example of the game I'm actually trying to talk about, which is that, okay. yeah, right, a, a console player wants to play Day One and they can't do it. So they're going to buy the... They don't want to invest in a dedicated PC gaming machine. They want something light and that they can play it on their TV. Which, by the way, anyone could get a PC gaming unit and play it on their TV. They just choose not to. And I think that's the that's why I think it's going to fail. That's why I don't think it would ever actually work out. Well, it's like the Nvidia the the Shield. Like, is that was that good? Does I, anybody buy that? I don't it's even a know. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's an Android. I think it's an Android handheld. It's a. Uh, you've never heard of the Shield? No. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, a really good handheld system, but it was really expensive, and I don't know if anybody was actually buying it. And that's. I feel like that's the challenge, right? It's good, but there's no market for it. Right. I I don't know, and you know we haven't even got into, like the reality, the the like virtual reality systems that are out there right now, which Oculus Rift, Sony PlayStation has their version of it. I believe there's yet another third version of it. Uh, what's the one I'm... There's a Microsoft version, but it's not the same, where you project it on the wall, and you could kind of do stuff with it that way. I only knew about an Oculus Rift. I didn't know about those other two. Yeah, Sony PlayStation has a, a VR gaming headset in market. Not in market, but in production uh, in early developmental stages that now here's the thing if Fresher were here he would be able to tell you exactly the technical specifications of the two because they 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 have two different methodologies for VR why should we talk to him why am I talking to you right well I know right in this case (laughs) um, but one the 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 Oculus Rift runs primarily on um, is going to be its own PC thing, whereas the PlayStation one is going to, Sony one's going to be PlayStation 4, which is weird because you're playing a VR game through a headset on a console. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of weird. Um, but the, the, the li- limitless future for that thing. Those things. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I don't know, what's your thoughts on VR gaming? Do you have any? This wasn't on our list of things to talk about. If you don't have anything, that's okay. Oh, I think of a million things to talk about. Um, I, from what I've seen of it, it looks pretty cool to put you in the middle of one of your favorite games that, you know, that you're actually in the space and you can see in all directions and move around. I thought it, it looks good once they can apply those games to the technology or apply the technology to those games. And um, I don't know what the development will be like for it, though. It seems like it would be a lot more to develop for that than it would be just your standard, you know, console. Yeah, so I think, for me, the the development of those titles are completely different than, say, the development of, like, modern Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? Although you could probably play Call of Duty Modern Warfare in the VR headset, I think that wouldn't be the optimal gameplay. I think what you want to do is you want to... You want, it's almost like Strange Days. You remember that movie, Strange Days? Love Strange Days. Angela Bassett. Yeah, good movie. Great, great, great movie. Yeah. Um, 
the, I feel like that that's kind of the experience we want in in a VR headset. Not to say like we're reading the mind of like someone who is wearing the device, but the idea is that we could do things that ultimately give us a greater sense of reality than walking around with a gun and, and shooting people, you know, over and over again. That that's well, sure you could do Second Life in VR. <laughs> well, I was thinking more along the lines of, could you imagine, like, if we were to merge real life with VR? So, for instance, um, drones. Alternate reality? Well, for sure, but dr- I'm talking drones. Like, if you were able to put on a headset and then get the bird's eye view of the drone and control the drone and see the real world view, a 3D real world view of what the drone is seeing, I don't know, I feel like... Wait, these- you don't think that exists already? No, it does exist, but I'm. Ex- I'm, so I'm saying. But I'm expecting. <laughs> but it exists, but it's not in 3D, and it's not in a VR headset, and there's maybe no ARG, alternate reality kind of game associated with it at this point. Oh, that'd be awesome if the military actually made an ARG for their drones. So you're not killing people; you're just gaining points. You're just killing sheep, just like yeah. little sheep running around. You're an ovinomancer, and you're just killing sheep. Well, you know, um, I actually. I actually saw a. Uh, oh my god, my. Quick, phone. get the phone! The phone is ringing! Um, I actually saw a. I've never had my phone ring before while on air. Huzzah! Um, Yay! Um, the. I've actually have seen um, some UN Council kind of initiatives that they want. Drones are okay, okay? You can go fucking blow up any amount of enemy combatants or civilians, or whoever you want to blow up, at any given time, totally okay. But the UN draws the line. They don't want robots just running around blowing up people who make automated decisions on who to kill and who not to kill. Number one, I only like my drones when they deliver my Amazon. (laughs) And number two, if if we were going uh, with the robot thing, it would be Ender's Game. It's... You know, somebody far, far away making the decisions, thinking that it's a game, and then it ends up being reality. Oh, I just destroyed the entire, you know, planet of people. But wait, that... See, but the thing is with Ender's Game is that not only were there drones, but there were man-made people in ships there, too. Remember, because he sacrificed many people to for the greater good? Oh, absolutely. But he thought it was a game. I'm talking, like, Think Blue, or whatever. What's the... What's the... Mr. Watson, or what was the IBM computer that... that Watson. Watson, um, I'm talking about a computer. Or deep blue. Do you mean deep, deep blue? Deep blue. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, deep Watson, as I like to say. Um, sure. That's, that's that's Android porn, by the way. Deep Watson. Hey oh. The um, the idea that a they programmed a drone who's like on whatever if it's on wheels or if it's on two it's bipedal or whatever and it's walking through let's say right now in Iraq in in uh, in a hundred miles out of town, where this ISIS is fucking taking over, these crazy Sharia law motherfuckers who are just like telling women to not wear, you know, dress modestly, cover your face, or I'm gonna shoot you in the head. We could send in a, a robot drone, and a, a, that not not a drone, a, just a robot who knows who's bad and good, and just start ripping through shit. At 209. Yeah, exactly. That's what the, that's what that's where they draw the line. But if you are if that that robot is being controlled by a human, a um, thousand or two thousand or five thousand miles away, 
and is making the decisions, that's completely okay. So that's okay. If it's the difference between RoboCop and Avatar. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to put it in those terms. To put it in those terms. So speaking of, um, we ha- I have to talk about this. Is the and I have it in my signature line. The the FIFA World Cup started today, and you know I know you know nothing about football or soccer, right? Foot- football. Uh, I know the World Cup is taking place in Brazil. Right. Ties. We've got ties. I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. Oh my God, the Simpsons! You don't remember when the soccer they came to Springfield? No. Are you kidding me? It, it was soccer. I didn't pay attention. I don't know. Oh my God! And Homer went to the game. And it's like, and they, it's like, oh, forget it. I'm not. Even, this was like in the. <laughs> this, is, this isn't your. By the way, the fact that I'm out Simpsoning, out Simpsoning you is is terrible because this is your, this is your era, Simpsons. Do you know how much stuff I've had to push out of my brain to push other things in? I've I've forgotten more Simpson stuff than I know. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, the World Cup started today. Um, it's in Brazil, like you said. Uh, Brazil played their opening match today. Um, but here's the thing about the the World Cup, and I know you don't talk about social issues very much on your shows. You know, not often. I mean, you talk about like shootings and stuff. But there are some serious problems with the World Cup. And here is the issue. Um, Is that in Brazil, they don't have much of an infrastructure. I don't know if you know this. I do know this. It's it's almost like a second world country. It's not third world per se, but it's it's second world. They're trying. They're trying. And... um, So, uh, but there have been protests. Massive protests. Um, because there's been, uh, they're saying you're spending all this money on building fucking stadiums in the middle of a jungle, right? Literally, in the middle of a jungle. I'm not joking. It's like Amazon rainforest and then a stadium. Um, and they had uh, the rail, so the rail workers went on strike, the airport went on strike, like 80 they cut their productivity to 80%, and they're just doing all these things to kind of just say, like, Fucking support us and not this fucking World Cup where you're spending all this money for bullshit stadiums. Which, by the way, I'm such an anti... I'm a fucking big-ass socialist um, Democrat. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am. But there's one thing I fucking hate, and that's public money going to stadiums. I think that's the stupidest thing ever. I would rather that money go to feed the homeless. I'd rather to go build roads. I'd rather build bridges. I'd rather do any number of things than build a stadium for a fucking organization that's making millions of dollars. So, and that the stadium is going to fall apart in three years. Uh, so when I was in South Africa, so I was in Cape Town, so they built this beautiful stadium for the um, the last uh, World Cup. It's gorgeous. It's one of those beautiful stadiums. From afar, you look at it, you're like, that is a work of art. Hey, guess what? They can't even fucking use the thing. You know why? Because it costs more money to run the thing than they can actually to then to to like get people like to run an event there. It costs more money than tickets to fill the thing. So like since the World Cup, I I think they were telling me they used it twice. So in four like three years they used it twice, and both of them I think were U2 concerts. Because they just don't have the it's like way too much. It's way too big. It's way too opulent, and it doesn't fit the needs of the society that it's in. 
and it was a waste of taxpayer dollars, but it's a prestige thing. And this is what Brazil's going through right now. So they're building a fucking stadium in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the jungle. And by the way, it's still not completed, and they're playing a game there tomorrow or Saturday. It's not completed yet. They're literally, there's probably 60,000 Brazilians hammering fucking nails into the cement right now and resodding shit as we speak to get this thing right. They had like 12 years to this, deal with this thing. And that's the issue. This fucking country's a mess. Anyway, whatever. Well, wasn't Brazil like bankrupt? A few years ago, didn't that was, like was... that was Argentina. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, back to the, the World Cup and sports in general is that in 2022, I believe, or yeah, Qatar or Qatar, you know, Qatar. Yes. They have the World Cup. Okay. This, this is the most stupidest thing I've ever heard. Qatar, in the summer, gets upwards to a hundred and. 15 to 120 degrees during the day. So they plan on building these stadiums and playing these games with 120 degrees. Now, Qatar is a, an oil nation, so they were just going to build fucking giant air-conditioned stadiums. Here's the other issue. Qatar doesn't have enough people to build these stadiums. So they were bringing in, uh, I believe it was Nepalese people who are dying because the, it's a slave state. So literally, it's... It's building stadiums on top of dead foreign workers who are getting paid pittances. What makes it worse is that Qatar fucking bribed the FIFA World Cup Federation to get the World Cup. They never had a chance. They were competing against U.S., Australia, and fucking China. Okay? And Qatar, out of nowhere, just showed up. Why? Oh, because the guy who was running the fucking FIFA at the time, who was has now received two life bans from FIFA. <laughs> he was two life bans. So I was like, how is it possible to get two life bans? Oh, well, the first life ban for bribery was overturned. But the second life ban for bribery or whatever, running the Asian football organization, stuck. So he's out. So the guy who was running the, the, the thing paid off the entire African nation, all of Africa, to vote for Qatar, because it's like a global vote thing, to vote for Qatar to get this the, the World Cup in 2022. And it's a complete mess. It's a complete mess. And this is just the way the world operates, Brian. I don't know if you know this. You fucking grease some palms. You fucking throw some cheap labor at it. Because Qatar doesn't have a workforce. They don't have people to build the stadiums. They're just, where could we get boats full of people that we don't give a shit about? Oh, Nepal? Fine. Come on in. Literally just, oh, someone died? Throw some cement over them. Throw some cement. It's like the Nanakoke Bridge. You ever remember that story when we were growing up? Oh, there's all these dead bodies buried up the, in that bridge. The donkey cart. The, the guy with the donkey. Yeah, I remember that story. So basically you're saying Qatar is like uh, 1850s U.S. The railroads are being built. People are getting greased. People are getting killed. They're getting in cheap labor. The Chinese are coming in, doing all our work, getting killed while building the railroads. That's right. That's I've been it. watching Ken Burns the West. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm applying it. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what it is. So here's what I'm proposing. And I am, a, I am just one man. I am just one man. But I feel very strongly about this, is that it's, first off, ridiculous for anyone to play football or soccer in 120 degree heat or to be expected to fill a stadium full of 70,000 fucking drunk ass hooligans 
into a stadium with 120 degrees heat. That was a stupid mistake. They should strip Kakutter because of the bribery and, and everything else, their atrocious humanitarian record for the World Cup, and put it in a place that, re that respects human rights, that respects the sanctity of the sport, and that's pretty much it. Just two things. Right, but so anyway. Russia, Russia. You want to put it in Russia? Well, no, because that's funny. Because <laughs> guess, guess who has the World Cup four years before Cutter? Oh, boy. Fucking I'm Russia. Russia. Yeah, right. fucking Russia has it. And you know how they did it? Same way they got the fucking Sochi Olympics. Fucking Putin was like, let's take three, I don't know, five days of oil wealth from my oligarchs. We'll just grease the palms of some nations in the Eastern Bloc and some African nations, have them vote. It's how they fucking got Sochi. It's how they fucking got Sochi. They just—it's such a corrupt fucking piece of shit, and I hate it. I hate it. I, I would rather it not happen than these fucking assholes running—that's running these things. Let it happen. You know what I'm saying? I just—I don't care if Argentina doesn't or Brazil doesn't win it for the 50th time in the last 60th. You know, 60. That's the thing. It's like U.S. Sucks. U.S. is never going to win it, and I and that's why that's why I'm a little bitter about it because the U.S. is never going to win it, and I have probably other conspiracy conspiracy theories regarding the selection process of why the U.S. gets tossed into a group with like two of the most powerful teams in the nation, whereas Brazil, the host country, plays fucking weak ass teams like Croatia. Fuck that. Whatever. That's my rant on 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 that. And by the way, Fresher just reached out to me. He said. Uh, you want to let me know that he think that it's been it's been spoken that you look just like him, and that you're a reasonable replacement. Never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an eye patch on. <laughs> well, we can we can rapidly change that. So no. I'm sorry. I feel like I've I've ranted way too long, and we're about in an hour, and I want to let's get right into the movie, and I'm very impressed. Uh, Mr. Etzel, that you were able to watch our movie from last week. and uh, <laughs> So let me, I'm going to just go into my little spiel and, and then we'll talk about the movie. So, um, hi everyone. Uh, this, is the, this is the point of the show where we do what we call review roulette. Each week, Parlance and Fresher, who's not here, and Mr. Edsel is here today, randomly select a title from the Netflix catalog. Uh, the following week, we will review that movie. We give you one week to watch the movie so that you could, you could kind of comment on Twitter about our review and how you feel about it. Last week, we select the Emma Caulfield starring Timer, a romantic sci-fi comedy where people get slapped with a little bracelet on their hand, and it tells them when they're going to meet their significant other. So, Mr. Edsel, how did you feel about Timer? Well, Parlance, you told me that the movie for this week was Timer, and I said, oh, that's very fortunate because it had been on my Netflix queue for the past probably three or four years. Um, I love Emma Caulfield ever since uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was in Buffy, and I really wanted to see this movie. Now, because the description was like you said, yes, it's romantic, but it's also a sci-fi kind of thing, and it had Emma Caulfield in it, so I was willing to give it a chance. Uh, just other things happen to come up, like every other movie I've ever watched on Netflix prior to this one. So I had no problem watching this, and um, it was interesting. I won't say it was a great movie. It was, it was average. It was an average film. There was that, nothing I loved about it, but I, I did like the premise, like the concept of the science fiction-y part, the, the bracelets that tell you when you're going to meet your significant other and what kind of social 
issues that could bring about, which I felt really were ignored for the most part. Okay, so I so I'm gonna give a brief plot summation of the film, and I just want to comment briefly on on what you said. Is that we have a a culture like an alternate reality in LA, where they've developed in essentially 2012 or whatever 2014. They have a fucking bracelet that uses big data to tell you when you're going to meet your significant other. But everything else in the fucking world is low-tech. What is the fuck? That's stupid. So it all hinged on the fact that we have this ability to do this subscription service to meet your significant other, but the rest of the world kind of blew ass. <laughs> so so, um, so the, the, the beginning of the movie starts with... Uh, is Emma Caulfield the blonde woman? Is that yes. Yeah. She's the, she's the main character. Yeah. So she take she has a essentially a dotted out, right? Is that what you call it? What do they call it? It's not well. It's not zeroed out because it never started. She has a blank timer. Right. And the only way the timer activates is when someone else that is their significant other gets the timer attached. Correct. So, so the beginning of the movie is her taking her un essentially undocumented like male uh, boyfriend to a clinic to get him attached to see if he's the one. Okay? Yes. Yes. And that was the lead in for the kind of introducing us to the technology. How it's 79 cold open. Right. 79.99 for the install and what was it $5 a month? No, it was like ridiculous amount for a, a month. I thought it was like 20 or $30 a month, but maybe maybe it was 5. Maybe I had it backwards. Um, so she gets her guy tagged, and it immediately turns on, and it says, like, 10 years, right? Or was that what it was? Or three, It was three years. Three years. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. He's like, I could, I, I'll be done with grad school. I'll be, I'll be ready to have children. And then he's like, and then he realizes at the same time he's talking to his current girlfriend, and, and it was just a failure on her part. And this has been apparently her thing that she's been doing for, I guess it seems like a number of times because the people at the store, by the way, the, the store was essentially a cell phone store, right? It was pretty much, like, I felt like it was like a genius bar, like it was in a, an Apple store. Or, or T-Mobile. It looked like a T-Mobile sure. store to me. Sure. Yeah. So she's like, fuck this. This is ridiculous. And she like walks out and he's like, but, but baby, we could, still, we could still do this, right? We could still like hang out. Um, meanwhile, um, Emma Caulfield, what was her character? Una is her character. Yes. Um, her mother had been married, got divorced, and found her significant other through the wristband. And when they got married, she, uh, her husband, her now new husband, had also had a daughter who was born on the same day. Right? See how this works? Because it's the perfect world. It's the perfect match. So uh, Una has a, has a sister, a stepsister, who are the exact same age, who also has a bracelet. But instead of hers being dotted out, it actually is like 5,000, like essentially 20 years into the future. Yeah, it was pretty long. I don't remember how long it was. It was over 5,000 days. That's all I remember. Um, so they're both living opposite lives, but at the same time similar lives because uh, Una's has no, is essentially not ever, it's dot, 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 and her sister 
has one that's way into the future. Except Una is on the hunt to find people who don't have the thing to, and who she relates to to get one to see if they're actually supposed to be together, whereas her sister is resigned to the fact that she's not going to meet her significant other for another 50 to 20 years, so she's just going around sleeping with essentially people who are looking for one-night stands because they know that their significant other is not going to happen for, or whatever, in four months, three months, two weeks, whatever. So it's just like good time Charlie. That's, that's right. She's, she's, getting the, she's getting the dudes that know it might be their last fling. Right. So Una um, runs into a, a, a shopping store clerk who also is a drummer in an indie band. Um, and Of course, of course he is. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he has a timer that says, I believe it was four months? Yes, it was. And he says, you know, you're missing out on an opportunity to do all these things. Her sister then convinces her that, you know, you better take advantage of these this opportunity with these people because, you know, it's great one-night-stand hot sex. You should just do it. It's worth it. You stop living your, like, life of trying to find a thing when you could just go and enjoy yourself because that's what I do. So Una goes to the, the grocery store picks up this guy, and eventually they end up hooking up multiple times. But the, the, it turns out, and you can fill in the, the spoiler here, Mr. Edsel. Oh, oh you want me to continue? Uh, so basically uh, they're talking, and it's getting closer and closer to the day uh, when uh, Michael, his name is, Michael is going to zero out, and that's the day that he's going to meet his uh, his match, his one. Um, but he reveals that, in fact, the timer on his wrist is, in fact, a sticker. Whoop! And he pulls it off. Uh, it was never real to begin with. He does not have a timer. He and his friends had bought them as gags to kind of use as a uh, unmarried man might use a wedding ring in order to attract the type of woman who would want to go with a married man. That's what they were designed for. That's why people typically sell them and buy them for. But he just bought it as a goof to try to uh, get past those people who are like only looking for people with timers and have those one-night stands with. It Essentially, was... Una's sister, right? He was just trying to pick up Una's sister because it was a tool to pick up these women who, were, who didn't care. Right. So this pisses Una off. She's like, how could you do this? You know that I'm a zero da 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 so she just, like, essentially throws him aside, right? If I'm not mistaken, she's essentially, get away from me, I'm pissed at you, I can't be around you, and she's having a, a terrible time. And she decides to go visit her father, who also happens to be a famous music producer. Now, this is her biological father. Yes. Right. And we learn, and by the way, they totally dropped the ball on this one, FYI, which we could talk about in a moment. She hands him that guy's demo tape, and they did nothing with that storyline. Nope. She never even mentioned it to him. No, she did. She gave him a demo tape. No, she never mentioned it to Michael. That she we, gave her father the demo tape. And we never saw if the guy liked it. Right. I don't think it was about that. So anyway, he it was really to... about it was really about getting to meet the biological father because something happens when she Right. So she goes to meet the biological father and the father's like he's like she's like I know you don't have a a, a band. And he's like no. What are you talking about? I have a band. And she's like, what do you mean you have a band? He's like, well, when I had you, even before I had you, I knew my marriage to your mother was falling apart, but your mom wouldn't let go. 
So I struggled with this, so I went and I got a band. And when I got a band, it showed, it started counting down, effectively. And it showed that I wasn't with my significant other, and that she wasn't my significant other. And that's why we got a divorce. So this blows fucking Una's mind, because her mom had kind of been lying to her, and she realizes now that, like, you know, this, the, the, the band, is it, is it a curse? Is it a blessing? Like, what's going to happen? So she, she and her sister decide, that's it. We're going to get our bands removed. So then you can pick it up. What, what happened then? So they go to the T-Mobile store, and they, uh, they sit down, and they're like, well, we've never removed one before. Now, they know it's a procedure that can be done, because when they go to meet Una's father, he has a girlfriend of some sort, and we learn that she has had hers removed, and she's like, yeah, it wasn't synced to his. He's not my one, but I love him anyway, so I just got the damn thing removed because I don't care. So that puts it in their head that they're going to get theirs removed. They go to the T-Mobile store. Uh, Una's sister, which for the name, life of me, her name escapes me, has hers done first, gets it ripped off, and as Una sits in the chair and puts her arm down and they put the device down to rip it off, it starts beeping which is what happens when it turns on to notify you that it's turned on. Your significant other has also got a timer, and it starts counting down to when you're going to meet. And it's like and five hours, right? It's Yes, it's five hours, and what the timer actually is is it tells you it counts down to the beginning of the day you're going to meet the one. So the five hours is until midnight, and she knows sometime that day she's going to meet and lock eyes, basically, with the one, and then the device will go off again, and so will her significant others. It will also beep. So they'll know they're meant to be together. So there's a love story between the sister and uh, who works at a uh, pediatric... Not pediatric. A ge- nursing, a geri- home. nursing home. A geriatric center. Um, and one of the guys that she actually likes, an older gentleman, has a son. They start dating. They share the same birthday, as we mentioned earlier, and every year the mother throws them a surprise birthday party, which is not really a surprise. They show up to the birthday party. Um, We, at this point now, don't know, is it the drummer from the indie band, you know, cash register grocery store person that Una's going to see, and the thing's going to go doot, 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 or is it someone entirely different? It doesn't matter. They They get to the party... They make, Una makes eye contact. I think she makes eye contact with the drummer first. It doesn't do anything. Right. But then Una's sister comes in with her boyfriend, who she's been seeing, who had previously, who's a widowed, widowed dude who didn't have a band. All of a sudden, Una makes eye contact with the man, and both of the things go off. And they realize that the sister who now doesn't have a band, who was pursuing this guy who she thought didn't have a band, now has a band, is now the sister's life partner because that's how it is. That's Once that happens, that means that they're ultimately going to end up together. Um, sister freaks out. Sister uh, confrontation um, ensues between the sister and both sisters. The guy gets involved. Guy walks away. Uh, blondie chick essentially pushes drummer guy aside because she now knows that ultimately she's going to end up with this other guy. So they kind of just drop that story, cold turkey. Um, We don't know what's going to happen. She goes for a run the following morning or maybe two mornings from then. And, uh, like, because she woke up late because she was upset, she's running around the track, 
and she runs into the guy who she's supposed destined to be with. There was a reference to this uh, documentary that she had been watching that she had dreams about, um, about uh, wearing these masks on the back of helmet heads that scare away the cheetahs. She sees this, sees the guy that are going to be together. They have a really mundane conversation, I would say. It really wasn't very good at all, and that's the fucking end of the movie. So, but the whole ending there was meant to show you that, well, kind of, they both ran on the same track. The chances are that they might have met anyway, without the timer, without them being together, without him having been dating the sister. But they may never have met because her running time was normally two hours earlier, and she woke up late that day to go running, but the reason she woke up late is because she was upset because of the confrontation she had with him and the sister the night before. So it's all about serendipity. It's all about, you know, the holdout and, and, and you know, I, I felt they could have did a lot more with the movie. I didn't think it was, like I said, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, the acting was whatever, but it was a nice little movie. It was, it, it, all right, here's my, okay, so here's a couple things that I didn't like. I already mentioned the technology part, but in this world, there's fucking internet, okay? Yes. So, there would be a fucking forum for fucking people who have the fucking things that say, I have five, five years and 12 hours and 23 seconds right now, Any, you know, anyone else have that? It's kind of, you know what I'm saying? And if you do, let's meet here. Let's all meet. Because we'll just, we'll get ahead of it. I guess there could be that. And maybe there was that. And we just never, I'm saying there was a lot of missed opportunities in this movie. They could have touched on that. Uh, a few times they mention people who don't have timers. And they're like, well, I'm from Michigan. They're like, oh, well, that explains it. What? Why does that explain it? Because the people at the interior of the country weren't into the whole timer thing. I know they mentioned that they didn't trust it or they didn't like it. I'm like, I would have loved to have seen a story that wasn't a love story about this, but a like a a faction of people who rebelled against this timer thing. Like, I felt that there was something else that could have been done there that was a missed opportunity. Just like that is a missed opportunity to have that. Like, oh. They could have just mentioned that in passing. Like, oh, people try to match up their times. It'd be like people with Monopoly things from McDonald's trying to match up that they have Park Place and Boardwalk. Right. Ex and split pretty, the money. I mean, yeah, which is funny. And, and also, like, um, I just I just didn't, like, they also, you're, you're taking it in a much more darker place, right? You're taking it and turning it into, like, you know, uh, you know almost like a, a sci-fi... It's more sci-fi than romance, right? You're taking it in that Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes. So also, like, what I felt was like, and I thought they could have explored this well, and I think it works well in your world as well, is this ideology where they know it works. Like, they know the timer thing works. But, oh, yeah. But they don't want to do it because they don't, they don't, they don't want technology to mess with the idea of fate. Or the idea of making a mistake. Does that make well, sense? Well, that's that's what I was getting at. Like, there would be a faction of people who would be like, "This is wrong. Uh, technology should not be dictating." Because the whole story of Emma Caulfield's character here is that she was so it was such a crutch for her. It was such the it's not turned on. I'm gonna keep dragging 
other dudes to get one implanted, and as soon as they don't sync up, I'm going to drop them, regardless of whatever feelings I might have for them, because it's a, it's futile. There's no reason for me to... She could have very well had a good time for two years with that guy up until the time he met his his one. And it would have been a good two years. Yes, she would, in, the end, in the end, it would have been heartbreaking. But you, instead, she just had continuous heartbreak because she couldn't spend any time with anybody and couldn't have a fulfilling anything with anybody because all she kept worrying about was the stupid timer. Right. Oh, we forgot one minor plot point. It was a subplot. They had a brother. Yes. And they had what they called like a naming day or something like that. On their 14th birthday, people were essentially tagged up. And they tagged him up on his 14th birthday, and it said like, what, five days? Something ridiculous. Yes. It turned out immediately and said like he would meet his, his, his one in five days. And it turned out that it was the housekeeper's daughter. Which was, it was very broadcasted. Like, you had to know that that's what was going to happen, right? Uh, I actually didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen because they played with it a little bit at school. When he was in school the first day, the day that he was going to get picked. Right. But yeah, but I guess like it made sense in the end. And it was really weird. And they touched upon kind of like the cultural problems because the housekeeper at the end was just like, because the mom was like wanting to embrace the family because she was all about the the band and making it all about like how this is going to happen, this is the future. Um, the thing is, with the band, you meet that person, it doesn't mean you're automatically a couple. It just means you've met the person. So right, Mel- you still have to work at it. You still have to do it. But no matter what, a, a, what it's what that band says though basically is like no matter the amount of work you put into it, you're still destined to be together. Right? Right. Although, when Emma Caulfield does end up getting her timer taken off, she does it because after it goes off and she meets that guy who's her sister's boyfriend, she kind of just gets all pissed at the whole thing. And even though it's zeroed out, she still gets it taken off as like an act of rebellion about it. She meets up with him at the track, and he says, I was worried about you because my timer blanked out again. And I thought maybe you got hit by a bus. So, yes, you might meet that person, but one of those people could actually decide to take their own life because they realize that they don't like... Like, There's so many things. I, I'm changing my mind on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this happens a lot when I talk through movies with people. This is what, this is what, this is what we've done. When Fresher and I go over movies... After the fact, we, we our opinion changes one way or the other when we start talking about it a little more because it it starts you start to like think about it in a little bit more uh, cerebral way. So, are you moving more favorable now? No. Okay. Moving the other way, the other direction. Okay. Um, right. So here's what I want to apply this to the real world. You know that Santa Monica shooter who yes. hated all women because they wouldn't have given him a shot. Yeah. He wouldn't have done that if he had a fucking timer. Because he knows eventually he would meet up with somebody? What if the timer was 30 years down the road? Fair enough. Uh, or so- what if the timer never turned on because his soulmate never... That was the other thing for me. was like, it's such a flawed thing because you have to hope that the other person gets one. I know, Think right? Think about how many people die without their significant other getting one because there was still it still wasn't widely adopted. 
it had only been in place for like 15 years, I think, at that point. Yeah, they said 15 years. And like, if they're gonna charge the fees, they might as well add like a cell phone or like a beeper on it. You know, it's just the fucking timer. It's kind of bullshit. Maybe, you know what? Maybe maybe they had those models and we just didn't see them. That's true. We could have only seen the base model. That's yeah. true. There was that one cool part though that not everybody had the same timer because they had evolved over the years. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, so Emma Caulfield's was like probably one of the first ones because it had been around for 15 years. You get it when you, you can start getting it when you're 14, and she was just about to turn 30. So timing is right that she probably got it right when it came out. Uh, her brother, who had just got it now, had a much smaller one that was had a different color on it. Got it. And it, it, it made a different sound than hers. So they made they kind of did like technology advances through the ages. So this advanced from being this much larger, bulky strip that's on your arm to being something a little smaller and sleeker, and you could customize it to different colors, which is very much like cell phones. Pretty much. One one last thing. Um, so that guy was a widow, the the guy she ended up with, but he had not previously had a timer. He found her the old-fashioned way, and he then got a timer. But but here's my question. You have a timer. You meet your perfect person. That person dies, tragically. Let's say cancer. Does that timer restart again? Uh, that's a good question. If you, if you already had a timer, I'm going to say no. But I'm going to say, well, obviously we've seen. If you didn't have a timer and you were with somebody and something happened in that relationship, the person died or whatever, and then you got a timer, then obviously what happens... Okay, so what happens if that person was your one? Right. In this case, she clearly wasn't because his timer started up and went off. But what happens if she actually was his one and she got the timer and he'd just sit there and stare at it and be blank forever because the one person he could have been with, he actually ended up meeting in all the people in the world ended up meeting her without a timer. And that's the other thing. Oh, my God, parlance. <laughs> How, it, you, there's six, what, six billion? Six billion people in the world? Yeah. Okay. And the two people that just happen to meet each other happen to live within ten miles of one another? I, well, that's and that's happening everywhere? I know you were talking about the Internet Forum, but... We saw not only her brother meet the girl, but then also she met him, and the mother had met the father, the stepfather, all locally. What are the chances of that? Well, maybe Many people don't meet their one ever. Maybe it's in their big data. They, they, they use uh, location as part of their data tool set. So it's not the best one. It's the best one you can get to. Yes, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah. And that's probably a better idea, honestly. Yeah. Who's the best one in your neighborhood? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, who, who are you going to meet in your lifetime that's, you know, that's the whole fucking concept stupid. Um, have you seen the, the Justin Timberlake movie In Time? Yes, I did. It was interesting. That one I actually, I think, was much more interesting than this one. Yeah, because it was currency, but it was also your life. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get, let's get to the review. So here's how we typically do this. It's a scale of 1 to 10. We don't do halves. Uh, uh, a five means you would above a five means you would watch it again. Above a seven means you were recommended to friends, and then just below 
you know, two means just like you would actively, or three or below, you would actively tell people to avoid it at all costs. So I will go first here. Sure. I am going to, I'm going to give this a four. A four. With the description you just gave me, I would probably also go a four. I believe there, this movie is for someone. I believe that some uh, somebody would like the romantic aspect of the story and the whole um, predetermined versus fate kind of thing. Uh, but I really looked more at the sci the sci-fi type of it, the technology piece of it, and it wasn't for me. But somebody else might like it. So it's funny you mention that. I mentioned I started talking briefly at work surrounding um, this this the the premise of the show, and I have a coworker who is just recently engaged, and she's getting married very soon, and she told me that she wanted to get a timer because she wants to know if the person she's with is the one she's supposed to be with. <laughs> and I, I, by the way, the, the only thing I thought was interesting about the whole, the, that whole movie, the one scene that I found was the most interesting was that scene where she goes to visit her father and he tells her that he got the fucking timer while he was married and it showed that they shouldn't be together. And that was the proof that he needed to get the fuck out. Right, because the mother was telling it the other way, right? Wasn't the mother saying that she's the one who insisted on getting the timer? Right, right. Okay. But, yeah. And then he never got one. Right. He also said that he never got one. Right. Um, so, all right, so for this week, the Fresher and Parlance rating with special guest host Brian Edsel, uh, the average score is a four, which means do not watch or watch at your own peril. Um, so, all right, let's let's pick uh, next week's movie. So, uh, we we're gonna rent, we usually go through um, Instant Watcher, which is a great website for your Netflix queue. Uh, we do we're gonna do Rotten Tomatoes. So, Brian, let me know if you have issues with this if you can't find it. I'm on the page currently. Okay. But I do not see the random. So you see, click Rotten Tomatoes fresh up top. Yeah, I'm on there. Yeah. Okay, and then above, uh, below that where it says Rotten Tomato for Mesh 1013 streaming titles, you see it below the ad? Uh, yes. You'll see oh, choose a random title. Got it. There you go. All right. Survey says American Me. Okay, what's, what's it about? A life of violence is traced from the zoot suit riots of the 1940s to the bloody streets of East Los Angeles in the 90s. Three friends born in poverty create their own capitalist dream as gang members who, despite being jailed, control the streets. Oh, that sounds terrible. What's the running time it, on that? It does sound terrible. Uh, running time. It's on the right side of the, the page. Ah, uh, got it. 125 minutes. That sounds like... Two hours and five minutes longer than it should be. It's got a Netflix rating of 4.1. Which is actually really good. I think it's yes, on a scale it, of five. Yes, Netflix is on a scale of five. Uh, as 75% fresh. So, uh, I got Prince Avalanche. While repainting traffic lines around along a burnt-out stretch of rural highway, a mismatched pair, straight-laced Alvin, and his girlfriend's hair-brained brother, Lance, form an unlikely bond that builds upon their differences. Uh, gets a uh, ninety. It's ninety-four minutes long. It's from twenty thirteen. It gets a three point one rating. I'm. I already am going. It's rotten fresh. Eighty-four. I'm already going with this one, dude. I I've already. I was going to tell you. I've heard nothing but great things about that movie. 
Prince Avalanche? Yes. Well, this is an opportunity to watch it and follow along next week, sir. Um, uh, I probably will. So, um, do you have anything? You, I think you should pimp out your shit again. I think you're right. I should pimp out my shit again. Uh, folks, if you like uh, some pop culture talk, maybe some family business and whatnot, uh, my friend Leonard and I, and also Paralynx's friend Leonard, uh, longtime friends since high school uh, and, and actually junior high, we still talk on a regular basis. We have a show called Dead Distractions and where we kind of get together, talk about our weeks, talk about some uh, parenting news that may have come up and how our kids are doing and stuff like that. That's dadstractions.com, or uh, you can reach me on Twitter at BeALittleWeird. And uh, you can also reach me at at ProdPod, which is the other show I do, which is a not-safe-for-work show, uh, more about uh, current events, some pop culture stuff in there, done with uh, some friends of mine from college. And uh, please, please, please go on over. If you love comics, if you're a big comic book reader, or if you're just interested in hearing about comic book news, go check out longboxheroes.com. It's a brand-new site run by uh, my friend there, Leonard. And uh, his podcast, which they've been doing for four or five years, they were on a network, they weren't getting love, so they decided to strike it on their own, and all their followers came with them. So go on over there and check that out, longboxheroes.com. And I do their website for them. Uh, I will personally vouch for Dad Distractions and the Prodigal Sons podcast. It's a, it's a listen-to every week for me. First thing comes on, uh, and I always follow them on their 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 Twitter machines and their uh, Facebooks, and I give them some shout-outs. Uh, I really I really appreciate both shows. I just wanted to uh, talk about, we did have some live tweets during the show. Uh, I Thomas Brew sent me a link uh, from Slate about Simpsons on Soccer, which, Brian, I just sent you, um, regarding that little, uh, little thing where I started talking about it, and you were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and uh, also, uh, he also said if, if I were in charge, if Parlance was in charge, there would be no World Cup. Hashtag communist. Uh, Tom believes I'm a communist. He stands strongly by that uh, because I, I'm always about pro people and pro stuff. All right, one last thing before we sign off. Uh, this is like uber important. It broke today, and I think we need to talk about it. And I know you have a lot to say about this, and I know we've gone long, and I apologize, Brian. No, um, no problems. Um, the DC, they announced their lineup um, today for the, their, their movie franchises. Um, did you take a look at the at the, the franchise today? Did oh, I did. To... I did. So what, uh, what's, what's your thoughts? Well there, Parlance, I, I haven't read comics very regularly for the past couple of years. kind of fell out. Uh, the last comics I had been reading were The Walking Dead and Fables, but prior to that, uh, I think I finished up the Green Lantern run when Jeff Johns left the book. And uh, when they switched over to the New 52, I felt everything sucked except for Green Lantern and maybe one other book. Um, I didn't even get into comic books until about maybe 10 or 11 years ago, well after college. Uh, again, thanks to our friend Leonard, who talks up comics all the time. I am a DC character person, though. But DC can't get out of their own way in the movie theater. They have a terrible track record for films... Marvel is eating their lunch, and this doesn't help. This this lineup, I every I have no confidence. There's a no confidence vote in any of these films. Okay, so I'm gonna briefly go through the the slate here. Okay, first you need to know Ryan Reynolds out as Green Lantern. Okay, that's the first news that was announced today. That might be the best news about the whole thing. Okay. So May 2016, which I know your your Prodigal Sons podcast, and I believe even on on Dad's structure, you talked about this a number of times. 
Batman vs. Superman is May 2016, which is way in the fuck out. And that's the Ben Affleck... Uh, who's the guy who plays Superman? Caviezel? No, it's not Caviezel. No. <laughs> it's something. It's, it's, it's I can't remember. Not Caviezel. Uh, it's that, something like that, though. So that has been pushed to, to May 2016. The breaking news about this is that the reason why it's been much delayed is that they... They 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 wanted to lock up all of the characters for the future movies now so that they could play cameo roles in the Batman versus Superman movie. So that has been it had nothing to do with Ben Affleck, it had nothing to do with production delays or writing the script problems or anything. They just wanted to get all the characters from movies all the way to 2018 all cinched up right now before any of the other movies, which is I think is actually kind of smart. To make another Simpsons reference, parlance. Yes. Worst idea ever. I think it's a terrible <laughs> idea to try to lock these people into contracts for just cameos in this movie when when they really need them is whenever they're going to do an actual Justice League movie, which is 2017. Right. So yeah. So let's go through the lineup. Well, I, by the way, I agree with you because they fucking willy nilly throw shit everywhere anyway. They've been throwing anything they could to try to get it to stick to this Batman versus Superman movie. By the way, this this thing just says Batman versus Superman. What's the full title? Do oh, you remember like, the full? It's something really bad. It's like Batman versus Superman. Shadow Light falls hard or something. It's really terrible. Something. It's terrible. It's yeah. something about justice in the night or something like that. Oh, it's it's garbage. It's hot garbage. Uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. There Dawn you go. Dawn of Justice. Yeah. So, so this sort is the of intro like Twilight. To... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then in July of tw- so May of 2016 is Batman and Superman. July of 2016 is Shazam. Okay, I know nothing about Shazam. Not excited. I don't give a fuck. Then Xmas Xmas 2016 is Sandman, and this is the uh, who's the guy who played Robin, or the the police officer in the last movie. Oh, Gordon, uh, John, uh, Gordon John, Levitt. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's it? Something Gordon Levitt. He's yeah. he's gonna be. That's his project. He's Sandman. That's what I read. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And then, um, then May of tw- so a year later or whatever, six months later, five months later, May 2017, Justice League, July 2017, Wonder Woman, and then. Xmas 2017 is Flash and Green Lantern team up, and then May of 2018 is Man of Steel 2. Okay, I have, this is like fucked up, dude. I don't even care about the DC world, but I'm already seeing problems. Isn't there a Flash TV show? Isn't it supposed to be... Is this going to be the same Flash? Flat, there's a Flash TV show starting next year. Uh, there are rumors that, that, will, that he might play Flash in the movies. If they don't play it in the movies... Big mistake. I agree. I agree. They should have been thinking that out. Um, there's an Arrow television show that's actually really good. Uh, whether or not Green Arrow shows up in any of these movies, I know they're not soul. Uh, they're they're not a, his movie. But if he shows up in any of them, they've already said that this guy who plays him on TV will not be Green Arrow in the movies. Are you fucking kidding me? No, nope. they already said that. Oh my god. Because the Green Arrow shows up in the teaser trailer for The Flash. Not only does he show up in the teaser tra- trailer for Flash, he fucking gives Flash the idea to call himself Flash. Well, yeah, but they they introduced uh, Flash on Green Arrow, on the Arrow TV show. Same they actor? They introduced his character. 
Yes. Yeah, the same actor who's going to play Flash in the TV show starting next season, they introduced him purposefully on Arrow to give him the rub. They're like, oh, there's going to be a Flash character. And uh, the the pilot, they picked up the pilot, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty, if it's anything like Arrow, I was so surprised. Arrow is great. I don't so, know if you've ever watched it. Yeah, so on your request, I here's the thing. It's like 22 fucking episodes, and then season two wasn't available, so I gave it a break, and I was just going to wait until season two came available for streaming, and then I was going to start recording season three, and then watch season one, two, and then kick off to three live. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm about seven episodes into one. Okay. It's yeah. not bad. Well, you, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised because I hated Smallville. I hated Smallville. I never even watched Smallville. Never I watched a total of maybe ten episodes. I gave it like I gave it a couple episodes in the beginning. I'm like, nope, it's the same thing every week. And then I watched an episode here or there, and I just could not get into it. So I'm reading the article here. It says, like Marvel's The Avengers, there will be cameos of superheroes for future installments. The cameos will include the already known Cyborg and Flash. So there you go. Cyborg and Flash, whoever those characters are, they're going to remain. Right. Who's, who's fucking Cyborg? Uh... I'm not sure if they had him on hour or not. Maybe they've already announced who's going to play him. That might be it. And then it says, uh, can, uh, the cameos will include already known Cyborg and Flash. Green Lantern, not played by Ryan Reynolds, may be introduced. And Aquaman will be seen in the Justice League movie. Problem is, Warner Brothers Pictures was still negotiating with the actors for those cameos and future roles, meeting major contracts for multiple JL slash character films to follow. The studio didn't want to move forward until they had more of the secure, so they had they uh, held starting production a few months. So this, to me, it's cool, and they're kind of taking the Marvel tact of like creating a lineup and kind of weaving through the story. Um, but I am confused because unlike Marvel, they now have going. They're now going to have a separate universe with Green Arrow and the Flash. And then yet another separate universe with the Flash and everything else. And I feel like the best way to do this is just like every comic book, have every character be involved in the same era. And I think that's what's Mar- I think that's Marvel's biggest problem is that Spider-Man's run by Sony and X-Men's run by Fox, and they don't own them, so they can never bring them together. Um, but this seems to me it's like they own them all, so just fucking do it right. Am I right? Yeah. Uh the thing with Marvel and Spider-Man and the X-Men is like Marvel's focusing on the Avengers and I mean granted I'm not a huge Marvel fan I'm not a huge Marvel reader I love the movies but I was never a big comic book reader for them Um, X-Men is a whole even though it would be nice to have them together they're fine separated you know it's not necessity to bring the X-Men over to the Avengers it's not a necessity to bring Spider-Man over the Avengers all of these individual characters are the Justice League. Like, but hold on. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man, on numerous occasions, has been a member of the Avengers. Yes, on numerous occasions, but not in this lineup. It's not necessary. And granted, many of these characters weren't always in the Justice League lineup, but these are the ones that people know, just like Marvel characters. Everyone knows Thor, even though there's arguments to say that not everybody knew Thor prior to the Avengers movies or the Thor movies. Iron Man was a B-list for Marvel, because X-Men was their big one. But um, Marvel just, they had the right vision, they had the right time, they struck, they had lightning in a bottle with Iron Man, and they just steamrolled everything. They have a plan out for the next 20, 
20 years, 18 years. They have all the Marvel franchise stuff in the, in the movie universe. They have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy coming out this year. They're going to tie that in. Then they have all the Netflix shows that are coming out starting next year that are in the same universe, and who knows, we could potentially see them in a future Avengers movie, maybe, as a cameo. They have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV, which, granted, it had a rocky start, but it had a great finish. Great finish. I watched it. I really... After the Captain America 2 movie, I yeah. feel like that show took the fuck off. Oh, yeah, it did. And you knew why it was such a slow burn at that point. Like, it it totally broke the whole thing open with Captain America. Oh, so good. So good. But DC is just playing. They're, they're so playing catch-up, and they're never going to do it. Unless every single one of those movies is gold, and I can't see it happening. They've, they've flubbed so many times. That every super that every Superman movie has been terrible, terrible. And uh, originally, this Superman movie was supposed to be this Batman versus Superman was originally billed as Man of Steel two with Superman or with Batman in it. Now you can see they've completely gone the other route, and that Man of Steel two is now a completely separate movie coming out in two thousand eighteen. I know, I they know. They still don't know what they're doing. They still have their heads completely lodged way up their asses. I so. I was always a Marvel guy, um, and actually, I don't. Do you have the? I actually subscribe to. Do you know what Marvel? Um, they have like an all-you-can-eat subscription digital comic book thing. Did you know this? I did not know this. Yeah, so it's just like a Netflix, but it's for Marvel. It's called. Uh, Mar- I have the app here. It's called. Uh, what is it called Marvel Unlimited? I guess. Okay. That's it um, I paid seventy bucks for the year. And they have a pretty much like twenty thousand comic books digitized, and you can just wow. read them. Um, I actually signed up during South by Southwest for one penny for a month, and I was like, I didn't get to use it as much as I wanted to, but it was like a fucking penny, or maybe it was like a buck. I don't remember. It was cheap, so I was like, fuck it, I'll just buy it for the rest of the year. And I've been I've been reading about four comic books a night for the last maybe two weeks. Um. Is that and all back issues? It's so I'm right now I'm in the process of re it is back, but it's like up to like last year, even like starting twenty fourteen. So okay. right so right now I'm reading um the uh the the comic event Infinity, which was last year. Okay. So it's it's fairly recent. Up it's like recent stuff. And they every week I get an email, it's like adding all this shit in. I don't even care because it's like it's too much for me. It's like way too much. Um, so I actually emailed uh, Leonard, and I said, "Dude, I got this unlimited shit, and I have—I don't even know where to start. Just give me some hints, give me some tips." And he gave me some artist. So you could search by like creator or artist or character. He's like, "Here's some characters. Here's some artists. Here's some uh, authors. You can start there and read those." Yeah, he's good for that stuff. Yeah, he's good. I uh, I started reading a little bit of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you read any of the Guardians of the Galaxy? I have not read any of them. Um, it's okay. Uh, I don't. I think here's the thing. It's I don't know enough about that part of the Marvel Unis universe, so it was kind of difficult for me. Right, and I you mentioned well about two hours ago about Hero Clicks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't I don't play it any longer. 
but when I did, there were pieces from Guardians of the Galaxy, so any knowledge I have of Guardians of the Galaxy pretty much came from Little Plastic Man. So here's my experience with Heroclix. When I moved to Seattle in 2007, I had a job interview, and I was a final candidate for a role at WizKids. Wow. And uh, I didn't. I ultimately didn't get the job, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because it required a lot of travel to China at the time. Oh. Um, but they, as a party... Another, another reason you should be glad you didn't get it is because they folded at oh, some they point. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you know, want to know what was part of the interview? So they come in, they, do a, they talk to me, and they're like, you know, they really like my personality. They had a card game that was like Pirates... I want to say. Yeah. It was Pirates, and it was uh, ships that you broke out of the card and put together. Oh, my God. That's exactly right. Yeah, they I can't. They the cards. Yeah. They threw it at me, and they said, we're going to be back in 15 minutes. Build a ship. <laughs> I had never seen or done anything like that. I mean, I put together puzzles. I did IQ tests when I was a kid, and I put together many puzzles, they come back in. I had it like a quarter done, and I was like, "I'm so I'm sorry." And I'm a smart guy, and I'm pretty visual, and I can put shit together. I couldn't fucking do it. I couldn't fucking do it. Um, it was under pressure too, because they're like, "We'll be back in 15 minutes," and I'm like looking at my fucking watch, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like putting the fucking trying to get sales and shit on it, and like it was like nerve wracking. But here's the funny thing: as I was leaving. Um, they were really nice people, by the way. Great. It was fun. It was actually kind of a fun interview. Um, they gave me a parting gift. They, first off, let me keep the ship I couldn't put together. <laughs> um, and then they gave me, they said, see all these hero, like, hero clicks on the wall? There's boxes and boxes of hero clicks. They're like, just take, take one, whatever you want, just take one. So to this day, I have an unopened like Green Lantern Corpse, it's kind of like a big box with like maybe six figures in it. Oh yeah, that was a starter a starter set for like 2000, yeah, 2007, 2000. It, it must have been coming out right around then. It was a Green Lantern starter set. Yeah, so I have that. It's like six or seven characters, still unopened. It's in my game room. I just left it there. It's like a memento of the interview. There were some good characters in that set, very useful pieces. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I when I... When it came out, I looked on eBay, and I was like, I didn't get the job, but then I looked on eBay because, like, maybe I should fucking sell this thing. And it was going for, like, 60 bucks at that time. Now it's probably worth, like, pennies because I don't even think people play it anymore. Um, oh, people still play it. And also, another hero click. So I don't know if you know this. When I worked at Spike TV back in the day, mm-hmm. um, I used to go do comic book we had a booth at the comic book conventions. Wizard World, you ever heard of Wizard World? I've been to plenty of them, and Spike TV used to have one at the Wizard World Philly yes, show. I, well, do you, you probably, you know I was there for that entire show, right? No, I had no idea. I was in the booth. I was literally I had no there. Idea. Yeah. I, was, I was at Wizard World Philly a couple years with Leonard uh, and my wife and his wife. Um, last time I went was maybe 2009. Oh, so I think the years I were there was 06, probably. It was the last year I did it. Uh, I may have been there. I'm not sure. I'd have to ask Leonard. He'll remember the years. Anyway. I know. He's, he's good at that. So anyway, in Chicago, so I used to get stacks 
of like because I knew someone who worked at the uh, who who owns Wizards. Wizards of the Coast. What? Wizards, Wizard. who, no, Wizards, like, or Wizard World. Who owns Wizard Oh, World? I have no idea. Wizard. Wizard Magazine. Wizard, Wizard Magazine. Words. He worked there. He did ma- marketing for them. And he would give me stacks of, like, the exclusives. You know how they have Wizard exclusives, the comic books and yes, stuff? Yes, yes, yes. I have stacks of them. And also, Hero Clicks. Yeah, they'd have con exclusives. Um, typically, though, it, it, in those years, they were much... They were big, giant, colossal pieces that uh, they had a giant specter piece that was like two feet high. Okay, uh, not what I had. I had um, okay. I had about a half dozen. Um, it was like a. Remember when Spider uh, Superman died, and it was like a. They had a other Superman. Um, they had the robot. They had uh, they had a uh, robot Superman. They had a uh, steel. I think I had Steel or the Robot Superman Hero Click. Okay. I had like a half dozen of them. And I put them up on... I didn't know what to do with them. Because they were like Wizard World of School. I, I don't play the game, whatever. I put them on eBay, and I think they sold for like 15 to $20 each. If they were, there, was, there was one, I think maybe the Robot Superman, where uh, they were Wizard Sendaways. I think you had to send away for them through the magazine. So that's probably the one you ended up getting. Probably. Yeah. It was. They were really good. Again, they were really good pieces, and since they were, I think they were mail-aways, I think they were harder to get. And I'll never forget, because I didn't give a shit about them, and some guy, because I was just like, this junk, I'm just taking up space in my, in my apartment, because I lived in a studio apartment, and I was just like, just send it, sell them. Some guy sent me an email, like, like six paragraphs about how I made his day by selling him this thing because he'd been looking for this for so long, was unable to get it, completed his set, he plays with his son. Essentially, it was probably you now. Right. Back then. Yeah. Really heartfelt. And I was like, oh, so glad I could help you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that's, that's that. So let's, uh, let's, put a, let's put a cap on the show. Um, I, I, I want to thank everyone who was... Uh, on the show, who, who's live tweeting, who's watching the show, we've had pretty much two or three viewers the entire night. I did see Jared Lanham said Brian smells, which I thought was really rude. He is awesome. Your, he is your friend. You shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, really, I want to thank you, Mr. Edsel, for coming on the show and filling in for fresh air. It was a delight to uh, to have you on the air. I, I hope you uh, have... I, I, wish, I wish you... Tremendous amount of success on your future ventures with the Prodigal Sons podcast and Longbox Heroes, and also on your Dad's Distractions podcast. I'll let you know that I am an avid listener of all of your podcasts. Um, I'm glad that you're doing well with your two children, your two lovely children in the area. I don't want to talk well, the Cleveland area. Um, and I'm I'm very proud to uh, to call you uh, a longtime friend, and I, I really again appreciate that you you came on the air. Well, thank you, Parlance. It was more than, uh, my pleasure. I'm more than happy to do it. I was so happy to hear from you. He asked me to, you know, call me out and see if I can help. Uh, I know we've had discussions about having some other folks on. We've had Leonard on the Prodigal Sons podcast a few times back when uh, one of our uh, co-hosts was out for maternity leave, pretty much, or paternity leave. Um, I'm sure we'll have others on at some point in time. It's not uh, this fancy schmancy live YouTubing streamings. It's just uh, Audacity and Skype, but. Uh, we'll probably uh, ask you to come along at some point in time, sir. 
Uh, I really appreciate it. I'd love to do it. And uh, so uh, this is Parland saying toodaloo. Have a great week. And, uh, yeah, have a good night, guys. Thanks a lot for checking in.